Welcome to Beyond the Shoots, as presented by Parasite Systems. I'm your host, Doug Simcox, and I hope that you're having a great day, staying safe, and enjoying the beautiful winter weather. We've we've transversed having it from fall to winter, saying it's getting cold up here. We got snow flurries this morning. Yeah, it, it's it's not pretty. <laughs> First snow of the year for me coming up out of Kentucky. So today, Sam and I are recording, and we've got a guest with us. We are at the Rawhide Rodeo Ranch Recording Studios in Perfard, New York. And BTC, Beyond the Shoots, is on the road again. And sit at the table with us is Mr. Rob Wright. Now, I've known Rob Gal probably 25 years, something like that. We worked together in rodeo, worked for Sam in the rodeo. Rodeo, I know I know uh, Rob is a rodeo competitor. We're going to talk about the events that he competed in and continues to compete in. And he's got a team that's going down the road right now. It's making him a little money. We're going to talk about that. He's a pickup man. We're going to get into what the responsibilities of a pickup man in the rodeo arena are. And finally, he is a rodeo committee chairman of the Attica Rodeo, which last year in 2023, this year, I should say, uh, celebrated their 65th year. So welcome, Rob. Welcome to BTC. All right. Thanks for having me. It is great to have you here and uh, really appreciate you coming in. A lot of history. You know a lot of the history up here. You've been in this area since when? I grew up here. You grew up. Where were you born? There, right in Alexander. In Alexander. And for our listeners, how far? Um, so we're in Pafard. We're outside of Geneseo. How far are you from Geneseo? We're right between Buffalo and Rochester, right oh, off the oh, throughway. Right um, off through about thirty minutes from here. Right off ninety. Yeah, I'll be darned. Okay, about a half hour from where we're sitting. So, born and raised there. Uh, where'd you grow up? Meaning on a farm in town? Uh, had a farm, or dad should say, dad had a farm. Raised horses, some beef cows. Um, just always had horses. Uh, as we grew up, that was the first thing, you know, dad would give us a calf. We could do what we want with it. Give us a colt. We could do what we wanted with really? it. Really? And, uh, I stayed with the horses and the cows and, uh, raised veal calves to get my money to buy better horses or whatever and <laughs> okay. or trucks or trailers. And my brothers, they got into other animals and, but not me. No. I just stayed with the horses. Okay. And did you do horse shows with the horses? Oh yeah. Dad made us all. Learn to ride, you know, do the pleasure equitation part of it. Dad was a gamer himself, so uh, I couldn't wait to get to do that. But I had to go through the work first and then game. But, uh, yeah, we were always into shows and stuff. So a gamer for our listeners, mm-hmm. you're talking? Well, you're in the horse show world. That's your pole bending, barrel racing, jumping, any of the speed events like speed that. events so. more exciting than equitation yes time not judged <laughs> correct i like that idea yes yeah i had an issue with the judging somebody judging me over something yeah and in the sport of rodeo right we got the rough stock all judged we've got the timed events all about time yep. right i know there's some rules you got to follow and everything so high school i'm sorry so growing up on horses doing horse shows uh when did you find rodeo um, actually I always been involved with the rodeo just because dad was involved in the Attica rodeo, but never got involved in the competition side of it until after, basically after college. Really? Um, okay. just because dad pushed, you know, get your education, get your job, then go play. Okay. okay. I, um, now we had, hor- we, we did the horse show part of things and the gaming all the way through, 
but I couldn't wait to start rodeoing. And uh, that's when I got done with college, I bought a, a calf roping horse. Really? And okay. Uh, old calf roping horse that uh, my dad had a fit about, actually, because he had, a, I mean, he raised horses, he had 30 some head of horses, and here I go buy a horse. Right. And I said, I didn't buy a horse, I bought a teacher. A teacher to teach. It, teach me how really? to really calf okay. rope. Okay. And, uh, and that started all. Where did you find the horse? Um, you would have to ask me that. Um, I mean, is that in the classified ads in no, the newspaper? No, I mean, I, I went through actually Bernie Buckemeyer found okay. him for me. Okay. I can't remember the guy's name right off the top of my head now that had him. And, uh, I had him for a couple of years yeah. and, uh, he actually ended up passing away. He was an old horse, but he taught me everything. Really? Okay. So good on the ground, all that sort oh, of stuff. Oh yeah. Okay. Knew his job. Knew his job. And you bought him. He was how old? Oh, I don't even know. Okay. And what'd you pay for him? Can I ask? I don't even remember. That was 30-some years ago. <laughs> exactly. You know how many horses I've had since then? <laughs> but it's your first calf roping horse, your first teaching horse. No, I'm kidding. Um, so you roped with him for a couple years. Yeah. And then? Um, I started training my own and found out the problems with training your own is you don't know what you're doing sometimes. <laughs> even though I rode horses all my life, um, found out real quick training them to do a specific job like that, like calf roping, you had to do things right. I mean, the first horse I trained, you know, you throw your rope, he stops and backs up. So that's what I concentrated on. Yeah, the first calf I went to Bernie's to rope, I mean, he parked that that front end disappeared from me, and I flipped right over his head. No, are you serious? (laughs) And he he dragged the calf to me. (laughs) And I never could get that horse out of stopping on his front end. Okay. But I didn't know the difference at the time. I never really thought about it. Right. Now I do, you know, and I've changed differently. Yeah, but. yeah. Be a good breakaway horse today. That's oh, what they want. Oh, yeah, they want to park it. And uh, I got a couple questions, Rob. Uh, where'd you go to college? I went to GCC, and I went for uh, model making and drafting. Okay. I used that, actually, for 30, uh, 20 years, maybe, um, uh, working in the model making field. And then uh, machining, machining CNC, that was the high-tech side of me that I really enjoyed. Mm-hmm. Kind of got into that because uh, I loved building the car models, plastic car models. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, so I got into the model making. That, that whole field disappeared as the computer age got stronger because oh, okay. they didn't need that. Because you do it all on CAD or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, that- that's yeah. cool. I- and and you you, when I met you, you were doing that work. Heck, you... Did you just retire from that recently? About uh, about ten years ago. You stopped. You stopped. Yeah, the last shop I was at closed the doors, and mm-hmm. uh, I was always uh, well through dad. I learned the chiropractic on horses, and was always doing that on the side along with the rodeo and the machine shop. And so, a buddy of mine in West Virginia says, "You know, if you can make it through the first winter, just working on horses and rodeoing, why don't you try it?" And I says, "You know, you got a point." So I did, and I haven't looked back. Okay. And you've been doing that for 10 years now? Over 10 years. Over 10 years. Because I was doing that on the side before I left that shop. So just in the the greater area here, around here, or how far will you travel? um, All over western New York, but uh, go down into Pennsylvania. You do? Okay. Yeah. They've been, more people have been dragging me further away. I'll I'll get up to Malone. Uh, down to Albany, friends of mine down there in the rodeo world get me down there a couple times a year. Okay. So. 
Okay. And business has been good. You oh, made that busy. first year and away you go. Yeah. Okay. Once people find out you're more available, then, you know, and you don't even need to advertise. I don't care what you do for a living. If you don't, if you do a good job and you show up when you say you're going to show up, you don't need to advertise. Right. They call you. Word of mouth. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you learned it from your father, Dean. Mm -hmm. Your dad was Dean Wright. Um, talk a little bit about his background. Um, he grew up actually right there on the homestead and uh, always had horses, always had a passion for horses and the mm -hmm. knowledge of horses. Mm -hmm. um, he was one of the founders of the Attica Rodeo. Okay. Um, and then, you know, like I said, he was a gamer, you know, and, and showed horses that way. He showed horses all different ways. and uh, But I never really competed in the rodeo until I, him and me got roping together. Okay, team rope. Yeah, team okay. roping together. Okay. Um, but his horse knowledge and training horses, um, uh, you know, I keep saying I hope I get to, before I die, I, I know as much as he did, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. But Yeah. And so learning from him, the chiropractic work, how did that go? Did you drive along with him? Did you, well, yeah. did you say, feel um, this? The funny thing is he had a horse that he knew needed <clears throat> to have an adjustment. He had mm -hmm. a guy, this is years ago, um, come out and he showed up with a, a rubber mallet and a piece of wood to adjust the horse. And, uh, my rubber dad's mallet. like, Holy cow, there's gotta be a better way. <laughs> okay. So, uh, he found a, uh, a, a doctor in Illinois, he's learned from him, went to a couple of basically schools that he had and then, uh, took all that knowledge and, and information the video back in. He had VHS videotapes and books and, and, uh, and it's like any education, though. Yeah, you can read all the books and do all the videos, but you don't learn until you start putting your hands on them. Right. And then he was teaching me, and then he didn't want to travel so much, so he's pushing me to do more. And I was having issues with trying to find stuff. And yeah. he's like, ah, do a few hundred more. It'll come easier. Yeah. And the yeah. truth is, it is true. Okay. But, uh, and then it just kind of branched from there. And, uh, you know, it, it had no plan originally to make it a business really okay um, it was okay. just to help horses out you know? yeah yeah so if i call you up my horse is limping let's say say rob i think he needs adjusted what what typically would you come in and expect to find truly it depends on where they're sore and okay. what the discipline of the horse is and where i'm going to really look okay so because break almost, that down what what do you mean the discipline of well, amish buggy horses and i'll tell them right off the bat nine out of ten almost ten out of ten of them it's going to be in the back pad area sore on the right side of the shoulders um just because of the discipline barrel racers almost all barrel racing horses are in the middle of their back um and what causes that to get well out of think about a barrel racing horse yeah, they're yeah. going fast turning tight around a barrel okay if they slip nine times out of 10, they're slipping on the back end. So if you're going, they're turning the barrel to the left, the ass end slips out to the right. It twists in the middle of the back and usually pops that. I see. That's where the soreness comes I see. in. I see. You know? So, I mean, that's, that's the big thing. And you can of, feel that it's out. Yeah. It's like anything, you, you know, you, you, the more you do it, you get tuned to it. I mean, not only do you feel for the movement of the body, um, the misalignment of the vertebrae, but watch their reactions. Okay. And that's the coolest part of it is, I mean, massage and all that really does help horses too. But the chiropractic, when you can see a horse that is showing signs of soreness 
and time you get done adjusting them, they stand there and don't show you anything. That's that's pretty cool. That is very cool. That is very cool. And do you feel heat in that injury area sometimes? Uh, sometimes you do. I mean, I, you can feel the inflammation. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's due to the misalignment causing pressure on nerves and muscles and causing the inflammation. Okay. And that's where the soreness comes in. Okay. So just like on a human being that goes to a chiropractor to get adjusted, whether it's neck or back or whatever, um, do you find issues up in the neck? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you can adjust necks that, you know, can't bend one way or the other, or horses are throwing their head and they're out in the pole. Well, you can need to adjust that C1, you know. Um, had one like that this morning, actually. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's amazing how, well, it's no different than people. We're all yeah. the same. I mean, we have the same number of bones. Ours are just a little different size and shape. But um, if our lower back's bothering, the worst thing in the world for us is getting up and out of the chair or sitting down in the chair. Well, it's no different than the horse. His lower back's bothering him and he's not stopping. Well, hello. Yeah. Look, at the, look where they're at. Yeah, yeah. And how do you adjust them? With your hands? Yeah. No rubber mallet and no, board? No, no rubber mallet's <laughs> needed. It's all about pressures and mm -hmm. angles. And a lot of hand strength required for you? Yeah. Um, the worst adjustments or the hardest adjustments are scapulas and pelvises scapula and uh, pelvis. shoulders. shoulders shoulders and hips when they get out of place think about it they're big bones and in, in a it's a big animal and it's a lot of movement okay rotate them pick up the leg if you're a little bit of shoulder, everything just yeah. feel it feel it feel it and work yeah. it back in yeah um i remember one horse dad i actually dragged dad down to pennsylvania to help me on the guy was an amish man he seen the horse happen uh he was coming down off the hill to the barn jumped to jump a washout and landed slipped and landed shoulder first into the bank i got there and he's dragging the leg he's three-legged and just totally moved that whole scapula back and it took two of us one on top one on the bottom to maneuver it and get it moved in and uh the horse had a full recovery um end up being his wife's buggy horse after that but really? that's kind of the crazy things that you run into sometimes do you do are you we causing pain when we're adjusting i mean do we have to sometimes tranquilize or anything like I, that? I, I don't like to tranquilize because yeah. then you don't see the improvements okay um okay. now with that said uh, some horses are worse than others gotta but be you, safe. you, you got to take your time and and sometimes it takes a few times to get it to move i, I try to do it right away but um it does happen. I okay. mean, the pain is that that's where the days off afterwards. Just like you, you go to the carpenter. He says, "Go home, do nothing for a couple of days. Let that stay in." We don't listen to him, but we're supposed to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And all horses, all horses at some point need adjustment, regardless oh. of the discipline. No, no. There's some horses that'll never ever get adjusted. Really? Okay. Just like some people never ever do. They okay. don't have a problem. Okay. Um, you know, once again, discipline. How hard they're used um how well they're used you know um some of the horses that really i i just kind of regularly are some lesson horses okay some yeah. of these big farms i mean they're they're giving lessons on people that aren't riding balanced and staying in the middle they're all over the place well that, that kind of throws things out after a while yeah so how would i know i'm a horse horse owner how would i know when to call you versus calling a vet because my horse is is sore um well, you're looking for basic soreness. Um, most of the adjustments are between the ears and the tail. I mean, knees, ankles, um, stifles. Those are things on us that aren't really adjustable. Okay, okay. Um, 
But if you're noticing the horse is being reactive where he never was before, he can't do the maneuvers he used to be able to do. He's sore on one side, not the other. All right, that's all signs of misalignment I see. of some sort. Okay. And for our listeners, how do they get a hold of you? Phone call. Phone call. Just a phone call away. Look you up and uh, <laughs> and they, and you book a book an appointment. Say I'll be there whenever and and away. Yeah, you go. I try to stay. You know, every day is a different location, and you try to make a, a loop or a circle, and okay. um, you know, uh, keep the traveling to as much of a minimum as you can, Absolutely. or to, you know, per day. Good business, right? Yeah, good business. yeah try to, <laughs> and always try to schedule those appointments near the good lunch places. That's well, what I always uh, found. <laughs> Yeah, if you got time to take a lunch. <laughs> there you go. Um, so back to the calf roping horse. You you had this you had this old campaigner that Bernie Buckemeyer pointed you at, right? Yeah. You had him for a couple years, and you said, "Oh, I can build my own. I'll train my <laughs> own." Um, and you stayed with calf roping after that. You got uh, him trained ultimately. Yeah, you know, and and uh, for a lot of years, um, you know, it's calf roping and steer wrestling. Um, I didn't even have a good horse. I had horses I could do it on, but because when I was younger and I learned to ride, learned horsemanship skills from my dad, yeah. I was allowed to ride the good horses. Okay. So I really didn't need to have a good horse. I mean, like calf roping, steer wrestling, them are specific events. And, you know, pretty much all my rodeo career, other than right in the beginning, I was a pickup man. And so... I didn't have room for pickup horses, my wife's flag horse, and these specific horses. I see. So I could line up good specific horses to help me compete. Okay. And I know steer wrestling, team roping, calf roping, some rough stock riding in there? Uh, early, early on, um, when Sam and Mike were having some schools, you know, yeah. um, I would try it. But even yeah. before then, we used to have, a, uh, Dave Wheeler used to bring some sail horses we used to call it a friday night fun night at the rodeo grounds okay okay get on whatever you want you know yeah, yeah. and uh i remember it was the last bareback horse i got on um it was a mustang he got someplace out of a sail in about seven and a half seconds my hand come out and he blew me out the back door and everybody's going oh wow you're gonna do great this year i'm like nope <laughs> grabbing my rope stayed in the saddle and never looked back never looked back <laughs> i did great last one <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> hope you got pictures yeah. that's it. <laughs> Uh, and and you might need to co- uh, chiropractor adjustment at that point. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, I, as far as rough stocks, I love. I mean, I love horses. Yeah. So I, I mean, that gravitate towards that. But riding bulls, man, I love that that style. I could, I loved riding bulls. But yeah. everything else involved with it. Yeah. I mean, I had a job. I had responsibilities. Yeah. So I didn't really want to get hurt like that. Yeah. Um. So and you know. Started picking up by, well, when Eddie had his fun nights at his place. And uh, I had horses, so they'd come and help me to help out. And so that's where I got rolling. And he's talking about Eddie Phillips. Yes. Oh, okay, <clears throat> out at his place. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Was the camper in the middle of the arena at that point? <laughs> no. no. <laughs> they had moved it by then? They had moved it. Oh, that. <laughs> well, actually build another arena probably. Yeah, oh, so it was the one yeah. closer to the road, Okay, actually. yeah, okay. And... They just said, hey, you look like you could pick up. Or you said, hey, I think I could do that. How'd you get involved in picking up? Well, yeah, guys that were going up knew I had horses and could ride. And they're like, hey, can you bring your horse and help out? We don't have anybody tonight. You know, that kind of a thing. Now, if you know Eddie, 
And if you know Eddie, if you got a horse and blood going through your veins, you can be out there. (laughs) He used to buck his horse. Okay. Bring it in, saddle it up, and pick up on him. Uh, The same horse he just bucked. The same horse he just bucked. Okay. Okay. They called him Ahmed or something like that. Okay. Yeah. Well, let's get in for our listeners a little bit about picking up. Every rodeo you watch, every rodeo that takes place, during the rough stock riding, you're going to stand out the most. So talk a little bit about in the rough uh, bronc riding. Let's explain what picking up is. Okay, very good. Uh, Pickup man uh, assists the cowboys off the bucking horses. Um, But, I mean, before that part even – He's trying to make the horse be the best it can mm-hmm. that's bucking. Mm-hmm. Um, so he listens to the contractor or the flank man, where to set, how to set the horse up, how to help the horse to perform the best it can so the guy can score the highest he can. And then on top of it, to be ready at all times for something to go wrong. Okay. To be there to help the cowboy or the animal. Okay. And what typical things might go wrong? Oh, uh, guys getting hung up, uh, horse stumbles, goes down, uh, horse gets hurt, un- you know, it does happen you once bet. in a while. Um, and you want to minimize any casualties a- at all. For sure. And what's the what's the protocol? What, what do you do? You got somebody, he's riding right-handed, bareback rider, got a really nice bind, right? Comes off on the left, and he's he's barely on his feet alongside the big old horse. What's your job? Uh, number one, get a hold of them and shut it down. Meaning? Uh, try to get a rope around the neck of that horse as quick as you can. Get it shut down um, so he's not getting trampled on. And uh, if you can get things slowed down and shut down, if you know that's why there's partner out there. You've got another guy out there helping you. As a team, you try to shut it down and get the guy out safely. Okay. Minimize damage to the horse or the rider. Have you ever reached over, picked one up, and put him back in position? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've done that. I mean, I've mugged horses down. I've had jumped on horses before that come out and sunfish themselves to the ground. Okay. 30 years of doing it, you see a little bit of everything. And and what you mean is you get on their heads so they can't get up so you can get the cowboy loose and keep yeah, everybody that, safe. That happened to me at Glens Falls one year. A uh, horse come out, sunfished, and hit the ground. And uh, you, you can almost see it about to happen. And I jumped off, and I was the first one on his head. And all the guys from the shoots come off, and they got him out. And and then everybody jumps off and says, okay, I'm on the bottom of the pile. Yeah. But nobody tripped the flank on the horse oh. before he got up. I see. So I'm the last one to get up. He gets up and turns and double barrels me right back into no. the buck and shoots. No. Wow. <laughs> and, and uh, I mean, knocked the wind right out of me. And uh, Brian Daly was fighting bulls and i'm like brian you got to get me on my horse i can't breathe and they, they weren't gonna let me yeah so he got me on my horse and i was working with curdy walker and i says curdy you're up i'm out here trail riding for a horse i can't hardly breathe you know and we got through it you yeah, know and it was yeah. all right but yeah i mean that everybody thought of the horse and the rider but forgot to trip that flank and yeah. boy he did nail me oh my goodness but, worst injury you had picking up um no the probably the worst was uh uh, Shriners Rodeo in Boston mm-hmm. got kicked in the leg, and, and uh, while you were on was, the horse, uh, yeah, I was picking up, got kicked, cow kicked by the horse, and if it wasn't for the chaps in my guards, would have broke my leg. But it was the first weekend because you're up there for two weekends, 
and my leg blew up like a balloon. So we poulticed it and off and on iced it and got it back down and ready to go for the next week. But I couldn't walk for a week. Nothing broke. No, but, Just but it was close. Big old damage. Yeah, yeah. So calf rope. Well, actually, that probably wasn't the worst one. No? no? I, I, was I was wondering say, if you were going to go there. <laughs> in Benton, when I uh, got smashed in the face and busted my face up and was out. Yeah. Tell us. <laughs> it was a Bronco Sam's yeah. and uh, got a hold of them. And I was reaching down to trip the back. Well, I got the flank off. I was reaching to get the back billet. He parked it. And I still say it. Everybody says he hit me with his head, but I'm pretty sure it was the swells of the saddle bronc saddle. Okay. Caught me right in a cheekbone, busted my face up, knocked me out. I, I was right off the, laying over the back of my horse's set. Oh my gosh. Ass. And, uh, but uh, surgeries and a, a little really? plate back in there. Really? But once again, yeah. I didn't, uh, it was a Saturday night. I think that happened. Yeah, and you had uh, and uh, so grandma to go. Yeah. Oh and, wow! Another yeah. performance. So yeah. one Monday, I got to the hospital. And I'm like, wow, we can't. Su we're surprised you don't have more swelling. And I said, well, I poulticed my face. Yeah. And they're like, you did what? Yeah. <laughs> and I said, yeah, we'd put horse poultice on my face with a washcloth laid in bed at night, you know, to keep the swelling down. They couldn't believe it. Yeah. But, but yeah, I mean, so they did have to go in and put a little plate in there and, and, and stuff. But no effects today? Everything's okay? No, I mean, I, it, you still feel, I can still feel some nerve stuff damage you? there, you know, okay. and you can feel it once in a while, but 99% okay. of everything is good. Oh, but, but yeah, it knocked me right out. What horse was that? Um, the big yeller. Oh, sidewalk sally? Or? Oh, crap. That was a few years back. I can't remember Ooh. either. <laughs> yeah. Wasn't tax man. No. Okay. No. Say, and like I told Doug. At what was the one that jumped out at Ellicottville? Uh, Dexter. I think it uh, I don't think no, we called him Dexter. No, it wasn't no. him. Say, uh, <laughs> but like I told Doug earlier, I said, don't ask me what went on at the rodeo. I yeah. don't remember yeah. anything. Yeah. I'm, I'm so focused on other things. That yeah. Well, it's the same thing with picking up. You mm -hmm. know, guys will come up and say, hey, what did I do wrong? Or what, what happened here or there? And I'm like, heck, I don't know. <laughs> you know, why, they go, why, why shouldn't I have been scored better? I says, if I'm watching that job or watching that ride <laughs> yeah. as a judge, yeah. I said, I'm not doing my job. I says, I, I am watching to anticipate where I need to be, when I need to be there. I mean, Santa can test this. You remember more of the rodeo on the drive home yeah. than when you were there. Yeah, I can see that. Absolutely. Yeah, most definitely. It starts coming back to you. Yeah. You yeah. know, because you're you're always somewhere else, you know, looking around. What do I got to do? You know, yep. you know yep. he's going to come out. I'm sure Rob, okay, he's going to come off the corner this way. Oh, so, yep, yeah. he went the other way, yep. you know. Yep. And uh, you, you've got to be thinking yeah. constantly. Constantly, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. And, and... After you pick up the cowboy, right, eight-second whistle mm -hmm. blows, uh, pick him up, set him down, that's the end of the – for that ride. And, well, no, you got to get that horse yeah, out of there. You got to get that bronc. It's not the end. I mean, that's the end for him. Yeah. Um, but then you've got, uh, you know, whether you're – it's saying bronc ride and you're hanging on to the, the bronc rein, you've yeah. got a hold of the horse and, you know, you're working as a team to get the flank off and the horse safely back out of the arena. Yeah. Um, Sometimes that's as much as a tricky job is, is you know the actual picking up part. Yeah, 
And, and I'm glad you said that because the horse out of the arena safely. Because some of them things get running really fast and Rob has to come in at the gate and slow down so that they, you know, you slow them in. And right, especially young horses that uh, aren't used to it. You bet. You bet. It, it, it's a, there's many aspects. Yeah, yeah, a lot of aspects. And after the bronc ridings are over, your job isn't done. You're out there during darn near all the events, maybe except the Calgary Barrel Racing? Pretty much. Yeah. Pretty much. You're out there for everything. Uh, your job is the arena sweeper. You yeah. know, you got to keep that arena cleared out. Um, you know, getting stuff out of the arena that doesn't want to leave. Um, not just bulls. I mean, calves, steers, sometimes people. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no doubt. No doubt. Um, go ahead, Sam. No, I'm, I'm good. You're good. <laughs> um, so so um, what have we not talked about on the pick on up? portion of the job you're uh, in the grand entry you got to make the grand entry right well yeah you bring up the tail typically yeah usually you bring up the tail you know <laughs> in case something goes wrong during the grand entry but yeah. also that way you're the last one going out the gate to come right back in to get to introduced back in yeah. for the for the game and i do have one more thing for, okay you know uh like we talked about earlier the pickup man has to have you know horses he brings with them and uh everything and them and the secretary are the most underpaid people in the rodeo yeah, that's, business. That's what I was going to bring up. <laughs> <laughs> I might not say that if I was still in the rodeo yeah, business, sure. but that's true. Yeah. Well, you know? it's a double-edged sword. You do it because you're a passionate love to mm -hmm. do it. Mm -hmm. um, and inevitably, you have your own horses. I mean, that's what's kept me in the game for 30 years doing this is I have quality horses. Not only do I try and do my job the best of my capabilities, but I have horses that do it. I've got six horses right now that are going good, and I'm starting another one. And uh, everybody's like, man, you're on the way out. You're, and I'm like, no, nah, heck no. As long as they're hiring me and my horses are working, I'm going. Okay. I'm not, you know. and, and how many horses, uh, let's say it's a Benton Rodeo weekend, so four performances you're going to be working. How many horses will you haul? Not enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, mainly because you just don't have a big enough trailer. Okay. Um, and, and the situation I get myself into, and most pickup men do, is when all else fails, go see a pickup man and use one of his horses for something. Okay. And so you, you, as a competitor, you know, I try to keep my horses working as, you know, say team roping, heading and healing. But I also, you know, it's funny, uh, when all the years I steer wrestled, I never really had a steer wrestling horse because I got on good horses because, once again, I didn't have the room in the trailer. Um the team of horses I got now, I'm I'm picking up and steer wrestling with them, and then I also got to leave a hole for my wife to carry the flag. So exactly, I, I'll, exactly. you know, four horse trail, you lose a hole. So you're hauling three just for you. Yeah, okay. and there's times when I I'll take out dividers and haul more. Okay, and, and you know it, it's funny, like you know you're hauling three and you're hauling your wife's flag horse, and it, it's just what do you what do you need them for? Yeah. There's never enough. Yeah. You're just going to be there. Yeah. And it, it just doesn't doesn't make sense. I mean, there's yeah. been openings of rodeos where I'm standing on the ground outside because all the girls in the opening are using my horses to do the opening. Okay. You know, okay. because, sure. you know, they don't have something they can do it. You bet. You know, and that's the hard part. You, you know, you, and I've done it for years is you try to do everything you can to make the show. It's a performance. It's an entertainment at your yeah. level you're doing. Yeah. But at some point you get, you know, no, you just got to say no, because, you know, um, 
judges get on your horse to flag and they bring them back all lathered up I'm like what the heck did you do well they won't leave his face alone and keep poking him you know yeah, yeah <laughs> you yeah, know and you yeah. so as a horseman that's when I get frustrated and I say no yeah yeah and that makes sense so you're hauling three horses what what are the attributes just think pick up right now just pick up horses what what are the attributes what's the size what are you looking for in a good pickup horse um between 15 16 hands so big yeah i don't okay. uh, any bigger than that um especially around here is uh is too big okay Okay. Um, I had a paint horse one time that was 17. He was awesome. He was it was very athletic. Heck, that's when the boys were riding ponies. You had to try to get somebody off a pony on a 17 hand horse. It, it it just didn't work. But I like 15 to 16. Okay. Um, got some size to them, width wise, and definitely ability. Athletic. Um, I'd rather have a horse with speed than one I got to kick and kick and kick to get there. For sure. Um, but just like the new horse I picked up this year. He's going to be a big, solid horse. Uh, I'll use him a lot for bulls when I get him get him there. But he doesn't have the handle. Well, I got a year of putting a handle on him the way I want it before I really throw yep. him into the mix. Yep. And what you're looking for for a handle, good brain in, what are you looking for out? You can do anything with a broke horse. Okay. You know, okay. I mean, okay. one of my best horses now when I got him as a five-year-old, you couldn't ride them with one hand. You had to use two hands and plow around. I'm like, how, how can I do my job? Yeah. I, you know, yeah. most of the time, I mean, I, I like using rope and reins, one solid rein, yeah. not split reins. Right. Not that I can't ride with split reins, but there's times when, when you're trying to get back billets on saddles and stuff, I drop the reins and I use two hands. My mm -hmm. horses stay there because okay. I've trained them to stay in there. I see. And they'll foul. Um, so it was split reins, I can't drop them like that. Yeah. Can you work an entire rodeo four day rodeo? Can you work an entire uh, performance? I should say on one horse or do you split them up? Oh, I split them up. Okay. I mean, if, if push come to shove, yeah, yeah, you could. Okay. But once again, it depends on the number of entries. Okay. Yeah. And how yeah. much work you got to do. Yeah. If, if you don't have to drag any bulls, um, just by chance, there's not a whole lot of horse riding. Yeah, you could get away possibly with one horse, but I would never do that to my horses. Okay. I mean, I got circuit finals coming up. I'm taking five. Really? You'll have five? All five that you can pick up off? Yeah. Wow. Okay. I mean, every horse has their strong suits. Yeah. Um, they may uh, be better in the bears just to have a little more run, not as much size, don't want to pull them up quite as much. Uh, bull horse or a bronc horse they can handle the bigger animals yeah. better um stuff like that you and just kind of use them where you have to but in the same token my hazen horse is the smallest horse in the farm and saturday night i was dragging bulls with them really okay you know? so talk about dragging bulls you've used that concept a bit for <laughs> our for our crew for our listeners well you you a lot of the newer, younger bulls that don't know how to leave the arena or have yeah. not been had the time to be taught, yeah. that's the pickup men's job. you got to rope them and escort them out of the arena. Um, ideally, I do not like the drag bulls, um, but sometimes that's the only way you get them out of there. Okay. And, you know, we were talking about this little horse and all that. I, and what makes a good pickup horse, in my mind, heart makes – a lot oh. of it. Okay. I know. had a horse, Rambo. You know, <laughs> Sam roped off a Rambo. He knew yeah. Rambo. Um, he was only 15 hands, but I mean, he I, he had a heart the size of the world. I mean, he anything I did with him in the whole rodeo industry, 
he did. Yeah. Um, he was awesome. I mean, I got to work St. Teep because of him. Really? Okay. Yeah. Rambo. And his half-brother was my Rambo. Yeah. That's what I thought. Yeah. 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 Actually, I, I told a story one day about how Sam bucked Rambo and then you picked up <laughs> off of him. And Sam corrected me. Said, no, that's not exactly yeah. how that worked. Yeah, that's funny. But you okay. drag bulls out. There's some timing there, meaning you get in through the out gate. Well, right there. And that's another side of the whole pickup. You've got to be able to read animals. Yeah. Um, not only uh, to get around that bull so you don't get hurt, hooked or hurt, your horse hurt, um, but to get them caught and get them out of the arena. Um, and it's the same thing, whether it's a steer or calf or whatever. you got to read, hey, this one's going to turn around or this one's going to go on out. I don't have to go chase them. Okay. But that's reading them and paying attention to what you got to do. Okay, okay. So you said you've got pickup horses you actually are steer wrestling with. So mm -hmm. both a dog and horse and a hazen horse? Mm -hmm. You're hauling a complete team. Yeah, yeah, I am now. Um, uh, well, my, it's funny, um, my dog and horse, well, I've had, let me back up. This year, my hazen horse got hazen horse of the year for the AFR. That's the third horse in a row now I've had. Nice. And actually, the horse that they're jumping off of, dogging, who I still love to haze off of, but I needed a different dog and horse, um, <laughs> he was a hazen horse, and he is still awesome. Um, but... Just like that, to keep them reeled in and working and mindset, I go back to picking up with them every chance I can. You do? Yeah. And that's just good for them. Yeah. I mean, I, I you know, everybody thinks these, uh, especially these the bulldogging horses, are just a bunch of runaways. Yeah. I like a broke horse. Yeah. You can yeah. put them in the corner. You can hold them. You can move them. I mean, if the hazer misses the haze, that horse will run all the way over to the, to the right and give you the jump. I mean, that's perfect. Yeah. Yeah. You know, since I've been out west for quite a bit, those bulldog and horses are broke. They're broke horses. Yeah. You know, and like when Colton went to Calgary, or Cheyenne, he uh, he bulldogged off his hazen horse because he scored so much better. Oh, wow. You know, okay. Here's okay. a 20-foot score that they might walk out first time the steer left to shoot, oh, look yeah. around. you got to sit there. You might have to sit there for... 15 seconds just waiting right and right that hazen horse scored and so they well i just it yeah and i most of the guys that i know their bulldog and horses come from the hazen side originally they do yeah you get them started there because you got control the whole time and hazen horses have to be faster and more broke than the dog and horses really okay because think about it you as a bulldogger you can you can go and nod, or you can be going when you nod. The hazer, he is, well, Joe picks up on this at the NFR. I, I watch that hazer, and if I think he's going to be nodding, or if I see him change the color in his face, or I, he blinks before he nods, I'm going. Okay. Because I need to be there Okay. to give him the, the, the best shot he can. So that's where, uh, yeah, I, I'm a strong believer. That hazing horse is, is definitely faster and more broke. But – it makes it easy then to slide him over and start a new hazen. So no retraining, no reschooling to t move him from the hazen to the dog. No, not really. I mean, make sure he goes through a barrier, but most of that that's already done. But uh, and and you're gonna hang offside him for a little bit. Any yeah, kind I mean, of work some there? horses don't take to that. I had picked up a little reining horse that I thought had a lot of speed. I thought I could retrain him either breakaway or as a bulldog and horse. 
but he never would handle hanging off the side and the rope whooshing over his head just freaked him out so he yeah. found a different home yeah but. And, and hazing is so important you know I'm, I'm learning so much more of this but one year at attica they didn't have a hazer and i was just a kid you know i was probably 20 years maybe 18 yeah. and i had just bought a horse that was yeah. supposed to be a bulldog and horse and they said well will you haze for us i said i've never done it i don't know what i'm doing yeah. well that's all we don't have anybody so you do and I did four guys, and I was laid on three horribly. Yeah. And the only person that told me what to do was Mike said, now, when I drop my chin, you go. I didn't know. You know, I was yeah. sitting back, and it was okay. Yeah. But yeah. I had no clue. No. It was how would you know? How the poor guys, they, they probably wanted to go whip me or something, you know. But, <laughs> well, and, and if you're in this business, I don't care how long you've done it, you know, who you are. you hazing at the nfr you're hazing in the backyard open rodeo you're gonna miss a haze sometime yeah i mean there's just uh no way around it it's gonna happen i mean at the afr this year i haze six out of the 12 guys thank god coy was doing all the splits and he just made sure that i had every other one which kept my hazing horse good okay uh last weekend i had to haze five in a row by the fifth one i mean he was either I mean, jumping out of there or locking up. I mean, he would just, it, it was too, a lot of too pressure. Much. It's a lot too of pressure. Much. a lot of pressure. But if you can break it up, they can mm. keep solid. Okay. Okay. And are you still dogging yourself? No, I quit a few years ago. Um, not because mentally I wanted to, but uh, it was actually at Attica. I got hurt, pulled a groin in the next rodeo. We're in Maryland. And, <laughs> well, it's like everybody, you know, I've taken some banamine to get through the pain to get through the next rodeo and so I could team rope and pick up. And I won the team rope and picked up and I'm like, wait a minute, why am I getting taking a chance on getting hurt when I can keep doing this? Yeah. yeah so yeah. that's why I quit. Um you know, and like I said, for years I never even had a bulldog and horse or never even thought about taking one of my horses to make a bulldog and horse because there were so many good horses. Okay. Then for a long time, there wasn't any good horses around. So guys were entering and saying, hey, what do you got to get on? I'm like, well, okay, here, get on this one. You bet. And and clearly, the Hazen Horse of the Year, AFR, yeah. right? APRA, I should say. So you mounted up You you mounted up how many guys, full Had, team for you? The whole team was three guys. Yeah. Um, and then Hayes for three more. Okay. Um, the three guys that mounted my horse, uh, Matt Fisher out of Canada, Coy Dyer and Stevo, okay. and uh, and then I hazed for Rooster, uh, Chaz and um, Nick. Every guy at least got a check. Okay. Um, the four holes in the average were three of them were on my horse and one was Rooster that I just hazed okay. for. Okay. Okay. Um, Matt Fisher ended up year end. Coy won the average. Uh, you know, and Nick ended up rookie of the year. So, I mean, it was pretty awesome yeah. on my side of it to, to go down there and help them guys and do that. Yeah. And from a business standpoint, right, you own the team, you get a portion of the winnings. Yeah. You get a percentage off of it. I mean, you don't get rich and, you know, yeah. you know, if you're going for 30,000 a night, like at the NFR, yeah, you can make some real money, <laughs> but, but still, you know, it does help yeah. pay the feed bill, should yeah. I say. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And what's cool, and I didn't know this until you shared it, I didn't know you were using your dogging team to pick up on. That is so cool. That's well-broke horses. Well, that's you know, a lot of guys won't do anything different other than that. The only thing I do different, um, 
all the horses I have are pickup horses. That's me. I'm yeah. a pickup man, you know. Yeah. Um, but because they are athletes, you can find other avenues. And the only thing I've done different with those horses, if I'm using them for a hazing, uh, not so much hazing, I guess, but definitely bull- bulldogging is I don't use them for roping. Okay. Because roping, I've got to stay behind, keep a position. I don't. I want them to be free rolling by. I see. Yeah, and there was a girl down in Texas last year, you know, she said uh, – yeah, when go trail riding on my horse, that's relaxation for her barrel horse. She said, but when I let my husband rope on it, that's therapy for my barrel horse. Exactly. Gives their mind something else oh, to do. Okay. Gets, okay. gets them off that constant same regiment. Yeah. Yeah, and that's where I use the picking up. I and mean, that's why I say every chance I get, I, I pick up with them. Okay. okay. And, and a lot of people don't do that with their horses. It's the same thing over and over and over again. Yeah, whether it's bear racing or bulldogging, and that's yeah. what, or calf roping, and that's why they have issues. Yeah, yeah. And, and when they training. have issues, who do they call? <laughs> right, yeah. get them adjusted. Well, right. Sometimes, sometimes, sometimes it's a it's a, a training issue. But yeah, but yeah, but repetitive stuff too, right? So, so I know you work the finals in um, in Ohio for American Finals yeah. Rodeo, right? For the APRA, you talked about working the circuit finals. That that's the um, for, uh, first, first frontier, frontier circuit. circuit of the PRCA, correct in Harrisburg, correct. And that's how many days? Three days. And that's like the second week of January. Yep, that's so coming up. So you've got time off between now and then. What do you do? I mean, do you <laughs> do you stay in the house, Rose? No, uh, that, no, that's the hardest part about that finals <laughs> yeah. being that time of year. Is yeah. you know you got four weeks now to try and keep horses rode up and in shape to handle it going in that warm building. Oh, true. Um, but that's also why you take extra horses. You don't run them into the ground. They're okay. going to get sweated up. They're going to be hot. But, you know, take care of your horse. Okay. That's all you got when you get done. So you break it up. You keep them uh, in shape as best you can. And uh, definitely you cool them out and take care of them. After. They, you know, they always want you to rush to the word, word ceremony later. Remember, I'm the last one out of the arena and the last one out of the barn. It's yeah. hard for me to get there sometimes. Yeah, yeah that's for sure. And and how many how many shows a year, weekends a year, are you gone? Are you out? Uh, it varies a little bit every year. Um, I probably had forty rodeos this year. Okay. Um, two two performances each. Uh, it can be as simple as one performance yeah. to five performances. Yeah, yeah. And how far are you traveling? Harrisburg's a bit of a run for you. Uh, Harrisburg's five hours. Okay. Um, the furthest we go is up to Maine. Okay, that um, would be a run, yeah. Right now, Maine, you get down into Maryland, Virginia, Ohio, but okay. pretty nucleus around Pennsylvania, New York. Okay. And you're an out-and-back guy, meaning, yep, I'm going to go to Harrisburg, I'm going to be there all, all weekend, but I'm back to work on Monday morning kind of a guy? Yeah, for the most part, you try to. I mean, remember uh, back when Eddie Peck hired me to go while that was up to Painted Pony when he had it? And uh, years and years ago, and Gene called me and said, hey, we need another pickup, man. Bud Fisher took his thumb off. And I'm like, all right. I said, the only thing is I need to know ahead of time where I need to be so I can plan on it because I always had a job. Yeah, I can get away, get out of work. I mean, they always were good to me about that. Mm-hmm. Um, usually didn't make it there early to do any kind of setup, but I always like to take a little time afterwards if I can and let the horses cool down, have a bite to eat before I hit the road. Yeah. So a lot of times I'd help tear down a little bit afterwards. 
a lot of late night driving. Oh, lots of late night driving. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And um, right now, I was joking, you've got rodeos now that you're doing every weekend? Yeah. Um, well, Dylan, who bought Sam, he their family also has the bull ride mania. And uh, so they got rodeos all winter long out in uh, Fredonia. Okay. And PA. so pretty much between there and Garwood Arena, um, I've got rodeos almost after this month, almost every Saturday. Okay. And we talked a little bit about what Gardenia? Gar- Garwood. Garwood. Garwood, Ohio. No, it's it's King- Columbiana, Ohio. Columbia. It's Garwood Arena. Garwood Arena. We talked a little bit. That's where the FR was. Mm-hmm. What would you think of that building? Oh, it's an awesome facility. Uh, Justin does a great job out there, and he's learning every day. But uh, what they've done with that facility to kind of make it a, a, a go-to place, and it's getting better every day. Okay. Now, do they do their own rodeo there? Yeah, or? that's we got four rodeos this winter out there that they're doing themselves, IRA rodeos. And so they got their own stock? No, and- Well, no, they're not. They're, they're hiring All-American to do the oh, stock. okay. They're, but it's the facilities rodeo. Okay. Okay. Excellent. Um, then are you still, you're still team roping mm-hmm. and going pretty hard with that? I mean, like every show you're, you're in. Oh you yeah. I mean, as long as I got a partner, I got, I think I got a chance to win one. Maybe most of the time, that's the hard part with me as a competitor, uh, especially with the team roping is you're, you're at the rodeo for the duration. It's a five performance rodeo. You're, you're there for the five shows. You're not traveling up and down the road hitting four or five rodeos a weekend. So a lot of times we end up, I, I, over the years, I'm roping with the other pickup man or guys that are coming in looking for that second partner. And uh, I just let them enter us up however it would be. Okay. Yeah, and that's got to be tough because nobody is going to stay there all weekend. They right. want to travel. If they're good, they're going to go to many rodeos as they can get to sure, so, sure. you know and that's yeah. where it's made it hard over the years to make uh finals as a competitor because you're you're electing to do a job and be stuck there and not get the opportunity to build your your winnings up to make it to a finals now i've been lucky enough over the years that uh, i've made it to the well, afr in all three events okay and picking up before okay. you know okay um but like the circuit finals, I just don't get to enough and have a. You, you, it's real. It's tough out there to to win all the time, mm-hmm. you know. So, yeah, for sure. Yeah, and you know, I don't rope, but when I did a little bit, and it was at my rodeo. It's they got the saddle and the rope on the horse, and you know, you jump on and you throw it, and then you're, you know, if you catch, you catch, and if you don't, you don't. Yeah. There's no. Yeah thought about it yeah i'm sure it's a lot with him too that way but uh yeah it's hard to do a job decent when you're working your other job so so have you ever thought man maybe i should just i should just go compete this year just go hard well i've had guys (laughs) that ask me that you know especially like when the circuit finals put up so much money and now why don't you just go compete in a team rope and i'm like that's just not me okay I mean, I, I love to compete. I mean, uh, don't get me wrong. If I can go to a rope instead of doing something with the family at home, I will. You know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, and that's kind of why I'm the black sheep a little bit. But, um, but for me, 
I don't know. I guess ever since I started picking up, that's that's it for me. You okay. know, okay. I love competing. Okay. But I love picking up rocks. Man, by the time you throw the competing on top of all the other work you got to do, it's it's a heavy two two and a half hour show for you. Oh yeah. Well, it's not two and a half hours. It's long. It starts <laughs> yeah. before that. I yeah. mean, three hours before that, you're out there sorting stock. Yeah, that's true. And then you're getting all your other horses ready, and then you got to get everything warmed up. Okay, the show starts at seven o'clock. You're hoping by eleven you got things taken care of. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah. yeah. Busy. Man, man, man. Been doing it. When did you start picking up? I know it was at Eddie's volunteer, if you will. Or yeah. Got recruited, however you want to put um, it. Um had to be uh the mid eighties. Okay. Okay. Sometime uh when I started actually picking up here and there and and uh um didn't I actually competed in my first AFR and the steer wrestling in 89 then was before that so okay okay excellent and you said you worked St. T yeah I got to work that for quite a few years until they started getting the guys out of Calgary ah. um that was kind of cool because the Frenchmen didn't they never had team roping and they didn't rope very well so that's how I got to go up there <laughs> I had Rambo he'd, he'd rope and drag anything and ah. and so I'd go up there and I can remember I'd, I'd use my whips to drive bulls out but when they didn't go you'd rope them and uh, i mean that place would go nuts when you rope the bull you know <laughs> yeah it was pretty cool yeah yeah and even horses they go crazy when you catch something they oh. just go crazy and they still do to they this day you know it's yeah. like absolutely oh yeah. i mean it, it talk about mardi gras western that's yeah. Saint that's a good description you know? that's a good description. um you, you know dale Jurgen, first time he went up there he's sitting next to me and they get that music going beforehand and you just sit on your horse and you can feel the ground bouncing yeah. he's like this is unbelievable i'm like yeah it gets it gets wild get ready yeah they stand up and dance when they drag the arena yeah. i love it i love it yeah um so so next subject um your rodeo committee chairman yep attica rodeo 65 years this year tell us a little bit about that responsibility uh that's uh, it's a passion I love again. I mean, trying to uh, help produce a rodeo to the best you can. Yeah. Um, the hardest thing is, you know, aligning everything between the stock contractor, the acts, the announcers, the clowns, the, you know, uh, and, and the, I try to keep behind the shoots information, you know, take care of all that stuff. Okay. All the paperwork there. Um, I try to let the president and the rest of the committee handle in front of the, the buck and shoots, as far as I mean, the concessions and stuff like that. Sponsors, that sort Sponsors of thing. Sponsors. And, but even like that, the whole rodeo, um, you know, we have different committees, different groups or different individuals that take care of different parts of it. Okay. Um, there's no one person that handles it all because you never could do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the committee is working all year long. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's never enough time. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, I've got everything lined up as far as myself, I've got things lined up for this next year, but I'm already starting now to try to line up X and clowns and everything for the following year. For the because following year. Okay. If you don't, you don't start early enough, you end up with what you end up with. Yeah. Yeah. And, and this, this year, this summer, this August was the 65th, uh, perform or 65th annual rodeo. How'd it go for you? Oh, it went great. Um, we had good weather, mm -hmm. um, lots of contestants. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, the hard thing this time, you know, in this day and age is enough horse riders to cover yeah, that yeah, number of yeah, shows. Yeah. 
some shows you're overwhelmed almost, and other shows you we had one that we didn't have any, unfortunately. Yeah. So we're trying to rectify that this upcoming year. Yeah. Um, out in Western Pennsylvania, they're introducing a novice situation. Okay. So we're trying to get them kids to come up. Um, actually becoming more popular is the ranch bronc riding. So we're trying to encourage some of them guys from the south to come up. Um, and some of them guys, you know, it gets a taste of bronc riding, and then they switch over to, you know, regular saddle bronc riding. Right. So you're introducing something that way. Yeah. Um, but – Bottom line, you're always trying to produce an entertainment show. Yeah. Um, and that's what I really push on the cowboys themselves. You know, it's, it's, they think, some of them think it's us, us, us. And I'm like, no, it isn't. You're a part of the entertainment. Mm-hmm. You know, this is what we're going to do. And you've got to follow the rules because this is our entertainment for those people. They're paying your bill. Yeah. The folks sitting in the stands. Yes. Yeah. And, and what, what do you have on, in store for the rodeo? Where are you headed? What's your vision for the next five years? Oh, I'd like to keep keep it growing. I mean, I've already told the committee I'm going to spend an extra eight grand um, this year in side stuff and and uh, added money and you know buckle awards stuff like that, mm-hmm. uh, just to not only to encourage the cowboys to make sure they come to my rodeo, mm-hmm. but to come and enjoy my rodeo. Right. Right. And I shouldn't say mine. It's it's ours, Understood. you know. It, it's the committee's. You bet. You bet. And any new stands or anything coming uh, in? Last, uh, mm-hmm. we uh, did so quite a, we always doing improvements, but yeah. finally got uh, rid of all the different, the, the old shoots, got yeah. some, uh, found some nice WWs, had to do some repairs to and that, and got them in. We had to revamp the whole front end of the arena yeah. for that. Um, we just spent a pile of money on LED lights last year, or for, for this year, yeah. which was really cool because the act we had this year, um, Paxton Rodriguez, he he does a fire whip act and his trick rope. It was the first year in 65 years we were able to do a black house, outdoor really? rodeo black really? house. Wow. And then he could do his fire act and then bring the lights right back right up. Right back up. It was pretty cool. It was, it was worth every dime we spent. Yeah, yeah. Well, that is absolutely excellent. Um, Got all the food stands. You got all the concession stands. And for our listeners, there's always something to do when you go to Attic. Oh, yeah. That's the, you know, the vendors and that, uh, that's what they're there for is uh, so you can get there early, spend time, do some shopping and uh, try to be a a complete experience and and fun. You bet. And what's your dates for 2024? First weekend of August. First weekend of August. And they get their tickets where? First full weekend. First full weekend. First full weekend in August. Don't, yeah. don't mess up. <laughs> yeah. yeah, first full weekend. Yeah. It'll start on a Thursday night and go through Sunday. Go through Sunday. And where do they get their tickets? Uh, go right online. Yeah, easy to find. Yeah, it's it's becoming easy and more popular that way. And some great videos out there. I saw a video, um, young man, Mr. Wright, put it together. Yeah, my nephew. Your nephew. Wonderful. Absolutely enjoyed that. Great video. So... Uh, to our listeners, go check them out, atticarodeo.com. Yep. Okay. And we'll put that in our listener notes, so you can go find it, click on it. Get your tickets now. Um, no no time like the present. You got money. It's Christmas time, <laughs> but uh, it's okay. Let's well, get it's this surprising. Done. A lot of people do that. Yeah, they man. get them and, you know, give them for Christmas presents. I mean, we've ah, already good. sold some. Kenny handles all that and done a great job for us doing that. Yeah. And uh, and. It does. Uh, we've gotten now, or 
I mean, between the credit card machines and the and online tickets and that, you can get right in easy. You bet. You bet. Still easy. get them at the door, but. Yeah, yeah. Cool. cool. It better not try Friday or Saturday night. Yeah. Get them, yeah. get them now. Yeah, let's, with let's the party Friday and Saturday night, you better have them beforehand and get there early. Now, what's the party? What are you talking about? Oh, we have a beer tent there. Yeah. And it, it, it is. It has closed down, though, at what, 11 o'clock? Oh, <laughs> yeah, right. It gets rolling about 11 o'clock. Uh, it, it closes down when they say, hey, we got to shut down. We got to shut down. You got music and everything yeah, going on? Yeah, we have bands uh, every night and uh, the beer tent. And, you know, it's kind of funny. That whole thing started years and years ago because the bar, the town used to have a lot of bars in it. But okay. the, with the prison in town, it was had a lot of bars. But then that weekend, the Cowboys would go up there and raise a lot of hell. Okay. So the town would get mad at them. So they started having the party down there to keep them down there and keep the, the town not so mad at them. I didn't and, know that. That's uh, yeah, history. And, and uh, it's became, you know, a, a great thing. And that's, you know, that's kind of how things have changed, too, with rodeo. I mean, it used to be, like, when I started out, a bunch of us guys used to go to Canada, now Ontario. And they had one association, one rodeo weekend, and all, everybody was there. And all them Canadian little towns, they had little hockey rinks. And that was the bar for the weekend. And we used to have some heck of a good time with parties there. Well, now everybody's going 10 ways to Sunday to the next rodeo, so they're in and out, in and out. And it's kind of nice, and that, that's what I really like about the party at Attica is they can come and stay overnight and – and enjoy themselves yeah, yeah. and either move on the next day, you know, to the next rodeo. Um, and, I mean, I know guys that will roll in there at 1 o'clock in the morning coming in dust flying because they want to get there to have a couple of beers and listen to the band before they shut down. Before they shut from down. Coming from another rodeo, you, you know. Bet. So You bet. Well, that's excellent. So where are you off to next, Rob? Um, I'm off until uh, well, to Garwood on the first weekend of January. Okay. okay. Uh, we got that Saturday night, and then circuit finals in Harrisburg. Okay. And then uh, the third weekend is uh, Fredonia. Fredonia. Yeah. So no no, no rest. No. You, you're rolling. No. That, yeah. Then I got a weekend off, and then it's every weekend yeah. all winter long. Then you go. Then yeah. you go. Well, thank you for being on the show. We really appreciate this. Man, I learned a ton about picking up. I had no idea. So impressive to to have pickup horses you can also dog off from. That is well, cool. you know they. I don't know of anybody that doesn't have a pickup horse that's not a multiple use horse. Okay. okay. You know, roping wise, picking up wise, yeah. dogging wise, whatever. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it, in this day and age, it's harder and harder to say everybody's horse is a multi use horse. They're more specific, but. That's why, you know, I, I get people all the time. Well, isn't he getting old? Aren't you ready to get rid of him yet? You know, yeah, yeah. because they want a, yeah. a good bro course. Yeah. You know, yeah. And I'll, <laughs> yeah. I'll go back to what Sam first talked on, you know, as far as the responsibilities and the need for it. And I've, I've kept in the game, you know, because I, I enjoy it and yeah. I keep my price down. I try to. Yeah. Um, but we don't get paid enough. You know, people are like, oh, I want to do that. I says, well, you better spend a lot of money on trucks, trailers, and horses and hope that you can get a piece of it back to pay the feed bill yeah. Yeah. because everybody's wanting to do it. Yeah. And there's not the dedicated uh, stock contractors like Sam and some of them that keep true to you. Yeah. You know, you, they yeah. want you to ride for the brand, but they don't ride for you. You know, you um, next guy that comes up and has a horse and will do it for nothing, they'll jump in and let them do it. Sure. And that's that's kind of hard, you know, and. And, and frustrating on my end a little bit. Yeah. But yeah. I'll never give it up. Yeah. Well, you know. 
We appreciate what you do. And I, this has been so interesting for me. So thank you for coming on the show today. Um, and to our listeners, we hope that you enjoyed our conversation with Rob. If you do, please share this episode with your friends to make your listening easier. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, uh, any place that is a major streamer. You can search for Beyond the Shoots and follow us. Remember, check out the New York State Rodeo Museum Facebook group page and become a member. And, and again, we want to say thank you to Parasite Systems for their support of our podcast. Parasite System is a push-button parasitic diagnostic system for pasture animals, horses, cattle, goats, sheep, chickens, and for your companion animals, dogs and cats. You can find them at ParasiteSystems.com. Remember, we have a coupon for 50% off BTC023 off your test kits. This is Beyond the Shoots with Rob Wright and Sam Swern. Until next time, this is Doug Simcox. Thank you for listening. 